Beginning at verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction. Ought to be a big shout over that, boy. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. I'm glad it's not just mercy, it's tender at times. Wow. Satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed. Like the eagles, you ought to leave here better than you came. Amen? Amen. So, Father, thank you for this amazing passage. You have favored us with benefits, blessed us, done for us more than we can ever pay you back for. And when we get in our moments where we feel upset, angered, frustrated, we begin to complain, help us to remember to do what David teaches us here, to speak to ourselves and be thankful to you and bless you. And so you have favored us so much with so much. So Holy Spirit, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. The Word of God has listed for us some benefits we receive as a part of becoming a, a part of Jesus' kingdom, the kingdom of God. Christ is our Savior. We are now a part of the kingdom of Christ. So in an interview for a position, you might either ask or be told what benefits would be attached to the position that you're being hired or considered for. It's important to know what your benefits are, and you're not unspiritual when you want to know what those benefits happen to be because those benefits affect you and your family members. So you're desirous to know what impact these benefits might have on you and your family. What about health care? What about vacation days? What about sick days? How does that all work? How does that come together? So when you become a part of the kingdom, you received some benefits. This is what the scripture teaches us. We'll read them because there are many believers who do not know what their benefits are. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. So when you forget to bless your food this afternoon, you can use this verse to bless it. All that is within me, bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not. Best said, don't forget all his benefits. Don't forget them. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. So David is speaking to his soul, his mind, and his emotions, and he's reminding himself, you need to bless the Lord. You need to remind yourself, soul, of the benefits you've received from knowing God. And the first benefit we spoke about was divine forgiveness. We receive divine forgiveness when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. How many are thankful for forgiveness? Guilt being lifted, record expunged, sins blotted out. Wow. So here we go. Today I want to look at divine health. This is a benefit we receive because we belong to Jesus and we are in his kingdom. Divine healing. Divine health is a listed benefit, and we're going to look at it carefully. The benefits 
of divine forgiveness and divine healing are in the same verse. And there is truth we need to see in this verse. He forgives all our iniquities. Wow. Think about the scope of that. All of our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. Let me ask the question. Why is it easier to believe in the first part of this verse than the second part of the same verse? All of us have had health challenges. You have family with health challenges. Yet we know that even with friends and others that you are aware of who have health challenges, we have this understanding in the scripture that God by grace forgives all our sins. We know that. It's biblical. So how does this all work? This one verse says he forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. Is this true? Is this true? Is this verse parsed? So part of it is for today, and the second part of it has expired. And once he healed all diseases in time past, but that was for another occasion and another group of people, God doesn't heal any longer. No, it's in the same verse. You can't add a slash in that verse and say, the first part of that verse is true, and it's for today, but the second part is no longer available. It passed away. I've got news for you. This book is true. The whole book is true. So the question then is, if he heals all diseases, then why? Why? Because we see some receive healing, and others seem to be put on hold. And this verse is true, yet believers do get sick. And I want to ask some questions that I've had to wrestle with in my ministry and serving the Lord. Just remember a couple of principles about healing. One, we want to be sure we've asked the Lord to forgive us, and there's nothing between us, because Paul talks about the fact that some people who disregard that principle take the supper of the Lord and ended up sick as a result of it. So we want to be sure there's no sin in our life. Secondly, we need to remember that sometimes God heals instantly, and sometimes there's a progression in the healing process, or even a waiting time before the healing manifests. So the first question I want to ask is, why? You can kind of fill in the blank. Why am I not yet healed? Why am I not yet healed? If God heals all my diseases, why am I not yet healed? Why is my friend not yet healed? Why is a family member still struggling? How about this question? Why did my family member die? Or why did my friend die? Why? And here's another question we really don't have answers for, do we? It's the most difficult of all these questions. Why did my child die? If God heals all diseases, why? So look at that verse. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. And those promised benefits are in the same verse. Do not forget all his benefits. This is not an anomaly in Scripture. It's repeated over and again in the Scripture. God places forgiveness and healing in same verses. So watch this from Isaiah. And the inhabitant will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. He's speaking of Zion in its context. 
And then over in Hebrews 12, he picks up the same thought, and it says this about the believers. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. That means we've come to God as gathered worshipers. The whole church has gathered to worship the Lord. Now watch. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. So God is speaking to his followers, and he's including the bride, the body of Christ. Speaking of Zion, the people who dwell there, they're not going to say, I am sick. They will be forgiven their iniquity. Healing and forgiveness are in the same verse. Know that God has made that declaration so that it impacts how we come to him in faith. Now watch. I read you the first part of this verse last week. Today I'm reading you the second part of the same verse. And so the first part says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Notice forgiveness and healing are in the same verse. Wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. So the inward sins he's covered, iniquities. Transgressions, when we trespass outwardly, the chastisement of our peace with God was upon him. The punishment for our peace with God was on the Lord. He took our punishment. Then by his stripes we are healed. It's an Old Testament messianic passage. But a New Testament passage confirms this. Speaking of Jesus, Peter writes, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Forgiveness and healing in the same verse. Now there are those who say, well, the Greek word healed there, zozo, means made whole. Yes, it also includes the meaning saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved made whole. But the word zoso means made whole spirit, soul, and body. Made whole emotionally, spiritually, physically is in that word. So by his stripes, we are made whole. Forgiveness, healing, same verse. Again. It's a little lady, I remember, young adolescent girl who was miraculously healed reading that verse of scripture. Doctors had given up any hope for her healing or restoration. She was sent home to die. She was in her bed, in her bedroom, confined. She was so weak she couldn't get out. Every day she lost more weight because she couldn't eat. Lost the ability to eat. They were on a death watch. And one day she picked up the Bible and looked at this verse. She thanked the Lord as she read it who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. And she wept. She said, I'm so thankful to you, Lord. You paid the debt for my sins. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I know when I leave, I'm going to heaven. I've known that for a few years. And then she began to read the last part, the very last part, by whose stripes you were healed. And it hit her. Just, he already took care of my sins. And it says here, I'm healed by the same Jesus. She threw her legs over the side of the bed, went downstairs. It was morning. She joined her parents for breakfast for the first time in weeks. 
And she ate. And they said, no, there's, you, she must be delirious. We've got to get her back to her bed. She's going to die. No, I'm not delirious. I want to eat. I'm hungry. And she ate for the first time. And after having eaten every day, she ate and ate and grew stronger and gained weight and miraculously totally recovered to the consternation of all of her physicians who sent her home to die because she took that verse and said, he took care of both matters for me, and I accept it. Forgiveness and healing the same verse. There are those who say that, that it's not the same. Yes, it is the same. He bore our sins on the cross. Do you believe that Jesus bore your sins on the cross? Another question, did Jesus also bear your sicknesses? Let me show you the word. You have to understand biblically for you can process correctly by faith. Watch it. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Let me, let me prove this to you by Scripture. You can look this up for yourself. The word grief in this passage of 53.4 of Isaiah That word grief in the Hebrew means sickness. It's used 24 times in the Old Testament, four times translated griefs, 20 out of 24 times translated sicknesses. Surely he has borne our sicknesses. And some still don't believe divine healing with all of that in the Scripture. But it's enough for me. I believe what God says. So in the New Testament, it says this, using this verse from Isaiah, to confirm that Jesus heals. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed how many? All who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So from the Greek, diseases. God's word says Jesus bore our sins on the cross. He bore our sicknesses on the cross. So why do we still get sick? For the word iniquities, we can use the word sins. For diseases, we can use the word sicknesses. Sins and sicknesses. When Jesus bore our sins and sicknesses on the cross, understand how he bore our sins and sicknesses. Jesus bore the penalty. He bore the power and he bore the presence of sin and sickness. So Jesus took the full penalty, past, present, and future. Remember when Jesus spoke to John in the book of Revelation, he said, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Jesus was, is, and will be. Jesus is past, present, and future. He is eternal. We have been saved We are being saved. We will be saved. We were saved by his grace. And we're being made complete as we grow in the knowledge of him. We will be saved eternally. And if you've received Jesus, you've been forgiveness, forgiven, saved, listen, from the penalty of sin. One day we will be saved from the presence of sin because in heaven there is no sin, no sickness, No pain in heaven. Right now, we are being saved from the power of sin. The process is being worked in us. So even believers who've been saved from the penalty of sin, because sin is still present in this world, how many know sin is still a very present danger in this world? Sometimes a believer falls under the power of sin. And since you became a believer, have you sinned? Of course. Well, how can you sin if he bore 
our sin on the cross. How can that happen? He bore the penalty on the cross. But as a believer, you should be working toward getting victory over some of those sins in sanctification and in growth and maturity. But sometimes you still fall under the power of sin. Why? Because sin is still present in this world. Jesus also bore our sicknesses on the cross because sickness is still present in this world, hasn't been wiped out. Sometimes even believers fall under the power of sickness. We live in a fallen, evil, broken world. Lawlessness abounds everywhere you turn. That's why I'm praying for our police officers on a regular basis, and the law enforcement, because of the, the stuff that they have to endure every day out here in the culture. And I was looking at this article that was given to me the other day about the crime surge. And the uh, writer of it was saying, we can place some of this crime surge we're experiencing, like in the city of Chicago over the weekend of Memorial Day, 12 were murdered, 44 were injured by gunfire from gangs, all gang-related, I'm quoting for you. Just in Chicago, Baltimore, you've seen what's happening there and in other cities. And uh, the writer of the article said, this kind of surge I have to lay at the feet of politicians who give criminals space to break the law, who order police to stop their stop and frisks, who tie their hands while giving thugs license to loot and to kill. Yeah, we're in a world of lawlessness. In a world today where people just flagrantly break the law. You were quoting to me an article the other day of, of what's going on in some of our cities related to the school room and how that you can't respond in a certain way to certain people in your classroom. The discipline doesn't hold fairly across all ethnicities. You have to adjust it on the basis. Listen, the law doesn't adjust on the basis of where I was born or the color of my skin. God's word stands on its own merits. It applies to everybody the same way. I'm not given a pass. No one's given a pass. We live in a world where lawlessness abounds and is growing worse. How many know that? Because evil is still present, we can fall under its influence. So that answers the question why. This is why someone falls sick and dies when Jesus bore our sicknesses on the cross. Because we live in a fallen broken world in the presence of evil. But Jesus bore the penalty, and he also bore my sickness. So never forget this. As a believer today, God is not punishing you for your past sins. He already punished Jesus for your past sins. So if you contract an illness, it's not God punishing you. Why? Because Jesus bore your sickness on the cross. I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. So that's the foretelling of grace. For those who serve him, I've taken care of this for you. Okay. Number two, how? How do I receive healing? So how do I go about being healed? Simple. How did you receive forgiveness for your sins? Remember, forgiveness for sins and healing are in the same verses. How did you receive forgiveness? By grace, through faith. For by grace you've been saved through faith and not, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. 
So please hear this, because you can receive your healing today. How many want to be healed today? You are saved by grace through faith. And if you think you are saved by your own, I've created my own belief, and I've created my own faith, and that's how I get saved, that's nothing but pride. That's, that's arrogance. You barely have enough faith to get to heaven. You barely had enough faith to trust Jesus as your Savior. And you did not manufacture saving faith. Even that faith was given to you as a gift from God. Because you trust him as your Savior. Savior. His grace gets you to heaven. His grace. Some people go around thinking, well, I have faith. It's my faith. Therefore, I am saved. No, you're not saved. That's not how you get saved. It's the grace of God. You received his grace by faith that he gives you. You receive his grace by faith that he gives you. So there are two extremes when it comes to salvation. One extreme, you work to get to heaven. You do works, which means I can go out and commit all these crimes over here, and then if I can give a lot of money to these charities over here, I will balance my evil with good, And my works, if they outweigh my evil, will get me through the gates into heaven. I can work my way there. You're in for a big surprise. You're not getting through the gate, no matter how many good works you've done. The other extreme, you have to believe and keep on believing and and keep your ticket punched to heaven to get you out of hell. And you just kind of coast on in on the original faith you had when you came to know Jesus and you never work or strive or move toward holiness, you don't work on working out your own salvation with fear and trembling towards sanctification. So you're up and you're down, you're saved and you're not. You get saved every other week. You you are saved by grace through faith that works. That's how that comes together. You are saved by grace through faith that works. In other words, yes, you get your ticket punched to heaven. Yes, you're on your journey by grace through faith. But now you begin the process of working together in cooperation with the Holy Spirit to bring your life into conformity with the will of the Lord. You don't go out and live the same old way you used to live. There's change in you. So how do you receive healing? How did you get saved? It's the same way, by grace through faith. Now, there are those that teach that the ability to be healed by Jesus has passed away. It's gone. It doesn't happen anymore. Well, you've been here Wednesday night, you would have heard that it happens today. For some reason, God healed for thousands of years in the Old Testament, all the way into the New Testament through the epistles. Then God forgot how to heal people. He stopped caring for people, and there's no more healing for you. I don't comprehend how anybody can believe that theology. That is works mentality because what it says is, you know, all you got to do is just eat right, exercise, and you'll be healthy. Health is a gift from God. I'm healthy because God keeps his hand on me. Just as salvation is a gift from God, so healing. And Paul says, I should steward the gift of my salvation and steward the gift of my health. Take good care of them. He said, you don't go back into sin because that steps on the blood of Jesus. And we should take care of the body God gave us because that's the only one you're going to have in this world. So you better take care of it. It's God's gift to you. 
Because I know people who have eaten well, exercised, and died of a disease. So it's not by works I'm healthy. It's by grace. Yeah, I should do that stuff, but it's God's gift that makes me well. Then some teach if you have enough faith, just, just keep adding to your faith, and you're going to reach a point where God has to heal you. And those are places sometimes where people will yell at you because they say, you just don't have enough faith. Yes, faith has to be exercised in the healing process. It's the trigger, okay? But, yet, but they say when, you, when your healing is not manifested, it's because you've still got some sin in your life and you don't have enough faith. Yeah, you should confess any sin. Yes, you should clear the path for your health and your healing. Don't, but don't condemn persons who are going through a time of illness. Pray for their healing. The truth of God's word for today is, Calvary Christian Center, you can be healed. Just like last time we had healing communion, you can be healed tonight. Man was totally paralyzed in Scripture. Luke records it. He's a physician. Jesus is in town and he's ministering. And the paralyzed man's friends carried him on a stretcher to the house where Jesus was. They couldn't get in the door and they couldn't get in the windows. The crowds were so thick inside and out. So they hoisted the guy on a stretcher all the way to the top of the roof. They tore tiles off the man's roof and they let the paralyzed man down on a stretcher in front of Jesus. And Jesus is watching this while he's teaching. He observes it. And then he says, when he saw their faith, now that's an interesting statement Luke records, their faith, those who brought him to Jesus had faith, which had works attached to it, faith that works. Their faith was Jesus can do this, but we need to get him there. So they got him there when, when he, Jesus, saw their faith. So you can have faith for your friends and faith for others. When he saw their faith, he said to him, the man that was paralyzed, Man, your sins are forgiven you. The Pharisees responded, of course. The scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who was this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Then Jesus asked them a question. Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, rise up and walk? So we've got some questions like, God, why? Or God, how? How is that going to happen? And sometimes God doesn't tell you how he's going to heal you. He just heals you. And he uses means that you never thought he would. So Jesus now has a question. And watch this. Which is easier? For God to forgive all your iniquities or for God to heal all your diseases? The answer He can take care of both. See, they have been equally addressed by Jesus. Healing and forgiveness are the twins of the atonement. Jesus covered both forgiveness and healing at the cross. You cannot separate the two. They are completely attached. So be encouraged. If you're fighting illness, you can receive healing today as we celebrate the Lord's death on the cross, at the table of the Lord. By grace, through faith, everyone has faced health issues. No one's exempt. Yeah, you eat right. Yep. You exercise. Yes, absolutely. You better start doing that. That's all good stuff that everyone should be doing. But you receive health the same way you receive forgiveness. By grace, through faith, that works.
working in cooperation with God to take good care of the temple he gave me to live in, that's an expression of faith toward the Lord. Trusting that God will heal me if something breaks down in my body, that's an expression of faith that pulls the trigger on God's grace. See, it's a benefit. And what should you do with that benefit? You should rejoice. He's forgiven your sins. He's healed your diseases. So I can say I am forgiven. I can say I am healed. You can say it. Say it. I am forgiven. Say I am healed. Health is a gift from God. So you can pray for health. You pray for healing once you get sick. But do you pray for health? Every morning, that's part of our prayer. Not just give us our bread. Give us health. Keep us healthy. Keep your hand upon us. Give us strength. Do you pray for health? You should pray for health every single day. Father, give us health today. Keep us healthy today. You should have communion in your home when you're, you're suspecting you're having a health crisis. And believe, you should do this on a regular basis. New Testament church broke bread, drank the cup daily, not once a month, in their homes. And you wonder why. Why was there such great health and healing in the New Testament church? Because they went and they absolutely implemented what Jesus did on the cross. I am forgiven. I am healed. They took that every single day and believed it. And they walked in health. And they saw great miracles. Number three, what if? What if I'm not healed? What if? What if my loved one is not healed? What if my friend is not healed? The answer, will we trust God regardless? Even if it doesn't seem good. Even when doctors give up hope. Even when they've done all they can. And thank God for good doctors. That they're human. There's only one that makes the final decision. That's God, the giver of life. Huh? Job. He gives and takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I still bless him. Here's Paul's answer to that question, what if? Philippians 1. So now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. He's going to get honor and glory. I will magnify him no matter what his plan is. Donna and I have walked through her illness when she had breast cancer. She saw a doctor, a good one. That's always a wise thing to do. A good one. I'll say it again, a good one. She received treatment. Good treatment. But God healed her. Doctor didn't heal her. Medicine didn't heal her. Because as the doctors were involved, it was through the praying and fasting of our church family that the tumor shrunk to the amazement of the doctors. And then they declared her cancer-free. Now, how did it come to pass that Donna received this miracle of healing? Her two surgeons both had to comment on the fact, we've never seen anything like this. We don't understand this. And of course, we got the chance to tell them about a church that prayed and fasted for 21 days for healing, and they saw tumors shrink, almost negligible. The pathologist said, in, in, in our records, 
that go clear across America, the whole database for women with breast cancer across the United States of America, there's no place to put you because we don't have a category for women who had a tumor this big and then it shrunk down to nothing. We don't know where to put this. This was an extraordinary intervention. She trusted God. There was praying. There was fasting. Healing scriptures being read aloud day and night in our home. The atmosphere of our home, you were just listening to the Word of God. Word of God. Word of God. Worship music. Environment of worship and thanksgiving. Then we were led by the Holy Spirit to be careful who we allowed to speak into our lives. We visited with people of faith. No negativity. We weren't going to listen to, you know, when I heard that. No, don't want to hear your story. All I want to hear is faith, trust, believing, standing on what God promised. The summation, we trusted the Lord. Our family goes through tests just like your family. But I know that I know that I know God forgives all our iniquities and I know that I know that I know he heals all our diseases. We still live in an evil world, but he is faithful. We can trust him no matter what. We can trust him. He's my God. And I need to remind myself to bless the Lord, my soul, and all that is within me. I will bless his holy name because he forgave all my iniquities. And he's healed all my diseases. So does anybody want to stand up and thank God for his benefits? How about them? I love the Lord. I love the Lord. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. And wherever we are diseased, God heals. Wherever we are, diseased. Break that word down. God's my healer. Anybody here thankful to the Lord? Need from the Lord? Okay. Do what David did. Lift your hands as if you were receiving from the Lord. I bless the Lord, all that is within me. I bless your holy name. You forgive all my iniquities. You heal all my diseases. Thank you, Lord. Today, we place our faith in you. Not only heal us, but Lord, keep us healthy. Put your hand of health on us. Give us the gift of health, I pray. So with eyes closed for just a couple seconds.